Section 21 of the Natural History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Natural History, Volume 3, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 21. Chapter 10. Seven Kinds of Salted Wines Thus far we have treated of wines, the goodness of which is due to the country of their growth. In Greece the wine that is known by the name of Bion, and which is administered for its curative qualities in several maladies, as we shall have occasion to remark when we come to speak on the subject of medicine, has been justly held in the very highest esteem. This wine is made in the following manner. The grapes are plucked before they are quite ripe, and then dried in a hot sun. For three days they are turned three times a day, and on the fourth day they are pressed, after which the juice is put into casks, and left to acquire age in the heat of the sun. The people of Kos mix sea-water in large quantities with their wines, an invention which they first learned from a slave, who adopted this method by supplying the deficiency that had been caused by his thievish propensities. When this is mixed with white must, the mixture receives the name of lusicocum. In other countries, again, they follow a similar plan in making a wine called tethalasomenon. They make a wine also known as thalassites, by placing vessels full of must in the sea, a method which quickly imparts to the wine all the qualities of old age. In our own country, too, Cato has shown the method of making Italian wine into koan, in addition to the modes of preparation above stated, he tells us that it must be left exposed four years to the heat of the sun in order to bring it to maturity. The Rhodian wine is similar to that of Kos, and the Foranean is of a still saltier flavor. It is generally thought that all the wines from beyond sea arrive at their middle state of maturity in the course of six or seven years. Chapter 11. Eighteen Varieties of Sweet Wine Raisin Wine and Hepsema All the luscious wines have but little aroma. The thinner the wine, the more aroma it has. The colors of wines are four, white, brown, blood-colored, and black. Scythium and Melumscythium are varieties of raisin wine which have the peculiar flavor of the grape, and not that of wine. Silobites is a wine grown in Galatia and Aluntium is a wine of Sicily, both of which have the flavor of mulsum. As to Cerium, by some known as Hepsima, and which is in our language called Sapa, it is a product of art and not of nature, being prepared from must boiled down to one-third. When must is boiled down to one-half only, we give it the name of defrutum. All these mixtures have been devised for the adulteration of honey. As to those varieties which we have previously mentioned, their merits depend upon the grape and the soil in which it is grown. Next, after the raisin wine of Crete, those of Cilicia and Africa are held in the highest esteem, both in Italy as well as the adjoining provinces. It is well known that it is made of a grape to which the Greeks have given the name of Staia, and which by us is called Apiana. It is also made of the Scurpula. The grapes are left on the vine to dry in the sun, 
or else are boiled in the dolium. Some persons make this wine of the sweet and early white grape. They leave the grapes to dry in the sun, until they have lost pretty nearly half their weight, after which they crush them and subject them to a gentle pressure. They then draw off the juice, and add to the pulp that is left an equal quantity of well water, the product of which is raisin wine of second quality. The more careful makers not only do this, but take care also after drying the grapes to remove the stalks, and then steep the raisins in wine of good quality until they swell, after which they press them. This kind of raisin wine is preferred to all others. With the addition of water, they follow the same plan in making the wine of second quality. The liquor to which the Greeks give the name of aglucos is of middle quality, between the syrups and what is properly called wine. With us it is called semper mustum. It is only made by using great precaution, and taking care that the must does not ferment, such being the state of the must in its transformation into wine. To attain this object, the must is taken from the vat and put into casks, which are immediately plunged into water, and there left to remain until the winter solstice is past, and frosty weather has made its appearance. There is another kind again of natural glucose, which is known in the province of Narbonensis by the name of Dulce, and more particularly in the district of Vacanti. In order to make it, they keep the grape hanging on the tree for a considerable time, taking care to twist the stalk. Some, again, make an incision in the bearing shoot, as deep as the pith, while others leave the grapes to dry on tiles. The only grape, however, that is used in these various processes is that of the vine known as the Helvenasa. Some persons add to the list of these sweet wines that known as diacetum. It is made by drying grapes in the sun, and then placing them for seven days in a closed place upon hurdles, some seven feet from the ground care being taken to protect them at night from the dews. On the eighth day they are trodden out. This method, it is said, produces a liquor of exquisite bouquet and flavor. The liquor known as melatites is also one of the sweet wines. It differs from mulsum in being made of must. To five congee of rough-flavored must they put one congeus of honey, and one cyathus of salt, and they are then brought to a gentle boil. This mixture is of a rough flavor. Among these varieties I ought to place what is known as protropum, such being the name given by some to the must that runs spontaneously from the grapes before they are trodden out. Directly it flows, it is put into flagons and allowed to ferment, after which it is left to ripen for forty days in a summer sun, about the rising of the dog star. Chapter 12. Three Varieties of Second-Rate Wine those cannot properly be termed wines, which by the Greeks are known under the name of deuteria, and which, in common with Cato, we in Italy give the name of laura, being made from the husks of grapes steeped in water. Still, however, this beverage is reckoned as making one of the laborers' wines. There are three varieties of it. The first is made in the following manner. After the must is drawn off, one-tenth of its amount in water is added to the husks, which are then left to soak a day and a night, and then are again subjected to pressure. A second kind, that which the Greeks are in the habit of making, is prepared by adding one-third in water of the quantity of must that has been drawn off, and after submitting the pulp to pressure, the result is reduced by boiling to one-third of its original quantity. 
A third kind again is pressed out from the wine lees. Cato gives it the name of Phycotum. None of these beverages, however, will keep for more than a single year. Chapter 13 At what period generous wines were first commonly made in Italy? While treating of these various details, it occurs to me to mention that of the eighty different kinds throughout the whole earth, which may with propriety be reckoned in the class of generous wines, fully two-thirds are the produce of Italy, which consequently in this respect far surpasses any other country. And on tracing this subject somewhat higher up, the fact suggests itself that the wines of Italy have not been in any great favor from an early period, their high repute having only been acquired since the 600th year of the city. Chapter 14 the inspection of wine ordered by King Romulus. Romulus made libations, not with wine, but with milk, a fact which is fully established by the religious rites which owe their foundation to him and are observed even to the present day. The Posthumian law, promulgated by King Numa, has an injunction to the following effect. Sprinkle not the funeral pyre with wine, a law to which he gave his sanction, no doubt, in consequence of the remarkable scarcity of that commodity in those days. By the same law, he also pronounced it illegal to make a libation to the gods of wine that was the produce of an unpruned vine, his object being to compel the husbandmen to prune their vines, a duty which they showed themselves reluctant to perform in consequence of the danger which attended climbing the trees. M. Varro informs us that Mezentius, the king of Etruria, succored the Rotuli against the Latini, upon condition that he should receive all the wine that was then in the territory of Latium. At Rome it was not lawful for women to drink wine. Among the various anecdotes connected with this subject, we find that the wife of Ignatius Messenius was slain by her husband with a stick, because she had drunk some wine from the vat, and that he was absolved from the murder by Romulus. Fabius Pictor, in his Book of Annals, has stated that a certain lady, for having opened a purse in which the keys of the wine cellar were kept, was starved to death by her family. And Cato tells us that it was the usage of the male relatives to give the females a kiss, in order to ascertain whether they smelt of temetum. For it was by that name that wine was then known, whence our word temulentia, signifying drunkenness. Cien Domitius, the judge, once gave it as his opinion that a certain woman appeared to him to have drunk more wine than was requisite for her health, and without the knowledge of her husband, for which reason he condemned her to lose her dower. For a very long time there was the greatest economy manifested at Rome in use of this article. L. Papirius, the general, who on one occasion commanded against the Samnites, when about to engage, vowed an offering to Jupiter of a small cupful of wine, if he should gain the victory. In fact, among the gifts presented to the gods, we find mention made of offerings of sextari of milk, but never of wine. The same Cato, while on his voyage to Spain, from which he afterwards returned triumphant, would drink of no other wine but that which was served out to the rowers. Very different indeed to the conduct of those who were in the habit of giving to their guests even inferior wine to that which they drink themselves, or else contrived to substitute inferior in the course of the repast. 
Chapter 15. Wines Drunk by the Ancient Romans The wines that were the most esteemed among the ancient Romans were those perfumed with myrrh. As mentioned in the play of Plautus, entitled The Persian, though we find it there stated that calamus ought to be added to it. Hence it is that some persons are of opinion that they were particularly fond of aromatites. But Fabius Dacinus quite decides the question in the following line, I sent them good wine, myrrh wine. And in his play called Acharistio we find these words, Bread and pearled barley, myrrh wine too. I find, too, that Scyvola and L. Aelius, and Aetius and Capito, were of the same opinion. And then we read in a play known as the Pseudolus, But if it is requisite for him to draw forth which is sweet from the place, has he aught of that? To which Charinus makes answer. Do you ask the question? He has myrrh wine, raisin wine, defrutum, and honey, from which it would appear that myrrh wine was not only reckoned among the wines, but among the sweet wines, too. Chapter 16. Some Remarkable Facts Connected with Wine Lofts. The Apamean Wine. The fact of the existence of the Apamean wine gives undoubted proof that there were wine lofts, and that wine was racked off in the year of Rome 633, Italy being already alive to the blessings she enjoyed. Still, however, the several varieties that are now so celebrated were not so in those days and hence it is that all the wines that were grown at that period have only the one general name of Apamean wines, from the then consul Apameus. So too for a long time afterwards, and indeed so late as the times of our grandfathers, the wines from beyond sea were held in the highest esteem, even though Falernian was already known, a fact which we learn from the line of the comic writer, I shall draw five cups of Thasian and two of Falernian. P. Licinius Crassus and L. Julius Caesar, who were censors in the year from the building of the city 665, issued an edict forbidding the sale of either Greek or Arminian wine at a higher price than eight asses the quadrantal, for such in fact are the exact words of the edict. Indeed, the Greek wines were so highly valued that not more than a single cup was served to a guest during the repast. Chapter 17 at what period four kinds of wine were first served at table. M. Varro gives us the following statement as to the wines that were held in the highest esteem at table in his day. L. Lucullus, when a boy, never saw an entertainment at his father's house, however sumptuous it might be, at which Greek wine was handed round more than once during the repast, whereas he himself, when he returned from Asia, distributed as a largesse among the people more than a hundred thousand congiaria of the same wine. C. Sentius, whom we have seen praetor, used to say that Cayenne wine never entered his house until his physician prescribed it to him for the cardiac disease. On the other hand, Hortensius left ten thousand casks of it to his heir. Such is the statement made by Varro. And besides, is it not a well-known fact that Caesar, when dictator, at the banquet given on the occasion of his triumph, allotted to each table an amphora of Falernian and a cadus of Cayenne? On the occasion, too, of his triumph for his victories in Spain, he put before the guests both Cayenne as well as Falernian. And again, at the banquet given on his third consulship, he gave Falernian, Cayenne, Lesbian, and Mamertine. Indeed, 
it is generally agreed that this was the first occasion on which four different kinds of wine were served at table it was after this then that all the other sorts came into such very high repute somewhere about the year of the city seven hundred chapter eighteen the uses of the wild vine what juices are naturally the coldest of all i am not surprised then that for these many ages there have been invented almost innumerable varieties of artificial wines of which i shall now make some mention they are all of them employed for medicinal purposes we have already stated in a former book how omphacium which is used for unguents is made the liquor known as enothinium is made from the wild vine two pounds of the flowers of which are steeped in a cadus of must and are then changed at the end of thirty days in addition to this the roots and the husks of the grapes are employed in dressing leather the grapes too a little after the blossom has gone off are singularly efficacious as a specific for cooling the feverish heat of the body in certain maladies being it is said of a nature remarkable for extreme coldness a portion of these grapes wither away in consequence of the heat before the rest which are thence called solstitial grapes indeed the whole of them never attain maturity if one of these grapes in an unripe state is given to a barn-door fowl to eat it is productive of a dislike to grapes for the future chapter nineteen sixty-six varieties of artificial wine the first of the artificial wines has wine for its basis it is called adinamon and is made in the following manner twenty sextari of white must are boiled down with half that quantity of water until the amount of the water is lost by evaporation some persons mix with the must ten sextari of sea water and an equal quantity of rain water and leave the whole to evaporate in the sun for forty days this beverage is given to invalids to whom it is apprehended that wine may prove injurious the next kind of artificial wine is that made of the ripe grain of millet a pound and a quarter of it with the straw is steeped in two congee of must and the mixture is poured off at the end of six months we have already stated how various kinds of wine are made from the tree the shrub the herb respectively known as the lotus from fruit too the following wines are made to the list of which we shall only add some necessary explanations first of all we find the fruit of the palm employed for this purpose by the parthians as well as the indians and indeed throughout all the countries of the east amodius of the kind of ripe date called chidei is added to three kanji of water and after being steeped for some time they are subjected to pressure psychates is a preparation similarly made from figs some persons call it palmiprimum others again catarchites if sweetness is not the maker's object instead of water there is added the same quantity of husk juice of grapes of the cyprian fig a very excellent vinegar too is made and that of alexandria a still superior a wine is made too of the pods of the syrian korab of pears and of all kinds of apples that known as roites is made from pomegranates and other varieties are prepared from cornels medlars sorb apples dried mulberries and pine nuts these last are left to steep in must and are then pressed the others produce a sweet liquor of themselves we shall have occasion before long to show how cato has pointed out the method of making myrtites the greeks however adopt a different method in making it they first boil tender sprigs of myrtle with the leaves on in white must and after pounding them boil down one pound of the mixture in three congee of must 
until it is reduced to a couple of kanji. The beverage that is prepared in this manner with the berries of a wild myrtle is known as myrtidanum. It will stain the hands. Among the garden plants we find wines made of the following kinds, the radish, asparagus, cunula, origanum, parsley seed, abrotanum, wild mint, rue, catamint, wild thyme, and whorehound. A couple of handfuls of these ingredients are put into a cadus of must, as also one sextarius of sapa and half a sextarius of seawater. A wine is made of the nafu turnip by adding two drachms of nafu to two sextari of must. A wine is made also from the roots of squills. Among the flowers, that of the rose furnishes a wine. The leaves are put in a linen cloth and then pounded, after which they are thrown into must with a small weight attached to make them sink to the bottom, the proportion being forty drachms of leaves to twenty sextari of must. The vessel in which it is kept must not be opened before the end of three months. A wine, too, is made of Gallic nard, and another kind of the wild variety of that plant. I find also that various kinds of aromatites are prepared, differing but very little in their mode of composition from that of the unguents, being made in the first instance, as I have already stated, of myrrh, and then at a later period of Celtic nard, calamus, and aspalathus, of which cakes are made, and are then thrown into either must or sweet wine. Others again make these wines of calamus, scented rush, costus, Syrian nard, amomum, cassia, cinnamon, saffron, palm dates, and fullfoot, all of which are made up into cakes in a similar manner. Other persons again put half a pound of nard and malabothrum to two kanji of must, and it is in this manner that at the present day, with the addition of pepper and honey, the wines are made by some known as confection wines, and by others as peppered wines. We find mention made of nectarites also, a beverage extracted from an herb known to some as Hellenian, to others as Medisa, and to others again as Symphiton, Idaea, Orestian, or Nectaria, the root of which is added in the proportion of forty drachms to six sextari of must, being first similarly placed in a linen cloth. As to other kinds of wines, we find wormwood wine, made of pontic wormwood in the proportion of one pound to forty sextari of must, which is then boiled down until it is reduced to one-third, or else of slips of wormwood put into wine. In a similar manner, hyssop wine is made of Silesian hyssop, by adding three ounces of it to two kanji of must, or else by pounding three ounces of hyssop, and adding them to one kanjius of must. Both of these wines may be made also in another method, by sowing these plants around the roots of vines. It is in this manner, too, that Cato tells us how to make hellebore wine from black hellebore, and a similar method is used for making scamony wine. The vine has a remarkable propensity of contracting the flavor of any plant that may happen to be growing near it, and hence it is that in the marshy lands of Patavium, the grape has the peculiar flavor of the willow. So, in like manner, we find at Thassos hellebore planted among the vines, or else wild cucumber, or scamony. The wine that is produced from these vines is known by the name of phthorium, it being productive of abortion. Wines are made too of other herbs, the nature of which will be mentioned in their respective places. The stoicas, for instance, the root of gentian, trigorigonum, dittany, fullfoot, daucus, elisphicus, panax, acorus, coniza, thyme, mandragore, and sweet rush. We find the names mentioned also of schizonum, itiomelus, and lectus phagates, compounds of which the receipt is now lost.
The wines that are made from the shrubs are mostly extracted from the two kinds of cedar, the cypress, the laurel, the juniper, the terebinth, and in Gaul, the lentisk. To make these wines, they boil either the berries or the new wood of the shrub in must. They employ also the wood of the dwarf olive, the ground pine, and the germander for a similar purpose, adding at the same time ten drachms of the flour to a congeus of must. Chapter 20. Hydromeli, or Malicraton. There is a wine also made solely of honey and water. For this purpose it is recommended that rain water should be kept for a period of five years. Those who show greater skill content themselves with taking the water just after it has fallen, and boiling it down to one-third, to which they then add one-third in quantity of old honey, and keep the mixture exposed to the rays of a hot sun for forty days after the rising of the dog star. Others, however, rack it off in the course of ten days, and tightly cork the vessels in which it is kept. This beverage is known as hydromeli, and with age acquires the flavor of wine. It is nowhere more highly esteemed than in Phrygia. Chapter 21. Oxymeli Vinegar even has been mixed with honey. Nothing, in fact, has been left untried by man. To this mixture the name of oxymeli has been given. It is compounded of ten pounds of honey, five semi-sextari of old vinegar, one pound of sea salt, and five sextari of rainwater. This is boiled gently till the mixture has bubbled in the pot some ten times, after which it is drawn off and kept till it is old. All these wines, however, are condemned by Themison, an author of high authority. And really, by Hercules, the use of them does appear to be somewhat forced, unless, indeed, we are ready to maintain that these aromatic wines are so many compounds taught us by nature, as well as those that are manufactured of perfumes, or that shrubs and plants have been generated only for the purposes of being swallowed in drink. However, all these particulars, when known, are curious and interesting, and show how successfully the human intellect has pried into every secret. None of these wines, however, will keep beyond a year, with the sole exception of those which we have spoken of as requiring age. Many of these, indeed, there can be no doubt, do not improve after being kept so little as thirty days. Chapter 22. Twelve Kinds of Wine with Miraculous Properties There are some miraculous properties, too, in certain wines. It is said that in Arcadia there is a wine grown which is productive of fruitfulness in women, and of madness in men. While in Achaia, and more especially in the vicinity of Carinia, there is a wine which causes abortion, an effect which is equally produced if a woman in a state of pregnancy happens only to eat a grape of the vine from which it is grown, although in taste it is in no way different from ordinary grapes. Again, it is confidently asserted that those who drink the wine of treason never bear children. Thassos, it is said, produces two varieties of wine with quite opposite properties. By one kind sleep is produced, by the other it is prevented. There is also in the same island a vine known as the Thoraia, the wine and grapes of which are a cure for the bites of serpents. The Labanian wine also produces a wine with the smell of frankincense, with which they make libations to the gods, while, on the other hand, the produce of that known as Aspendios is banished from all the altars. It is said, too, that this last vine is never touched by any bird. The Egyptians called by the name of Thassian a certain grape of that country, remarkable for its sweetness and its laxative qualities. 
On the other hand, there is in Lycia a certain grape which proves astringent to the stomach when relaxed. Egypt has a wine too known as Ekbolas, which is productive of abortion. There are some wines which at the rising of the dog star change their nature in the wine lofts where they are kept, and afterwards recover their original quality. The same is the case too with wines when carried across the seas. Those that are able to withstand the motion of the waves appear afterwards to be twice as old as they really are. Chapter 23. What wines it is not lawful to use in the sacred rites. As religion is the great basis of the ordinary usages of life, I shall here remark that it is considered improper to offer libations to the gods with any wines which are the produce of an unpruned vine, or of one that has been struck by lightning, or near to which a dead man has been hung, or of grapes that have been trodden out by sore feet, or made of musk from husks that have been cut, or from grapes that have been polluted by the fall of any unclean thing upon them. The Greek wines are excluded also from the sacred administrations, because they contain a portion of water. The vine itself is sometimes eaten, the tops of the shoots are taken off and boiled, and are then pickled in vinegar and brine. End of section 21